I have been seriously uh, considering the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023. And I've written a lot of notes in my journal and, and other things getting ready for it. And, and of course, started reading the Bible all over again. And in fact, we have copies of the Immerse Bible back there. Uh, let me share this with you. I know that it is small print. Okay, I wear trifocals and I can't read it very well if I don't have it in the right light. But they do have a large print version. Okay? And so we can get that for you or you can order, uh, order your own and that we can kind of do this together. I think you'll be really blessed by it. But uh, as I prayed uh, for the new year, I, you know, I've been really praying, Lord, what would you have me do to lead the congregation at Resurrection Life Church forward? What would be your goal? I don't, I don't want my goal. I want it to be his plan and his goal. And a number of weeks ago, I wrote, uh, wrote down deeper, deeper and hungry, deeper and hungry. And of course, I'm connecting as well, uh, you know, the heavenly visitation that we had and just a lot of things that we've experienced in the last quarter of 2022 um, that I do believe are things to carry forward. And so uh, it's all about going deeper than ever. This is my statement. I believe it's in the bulletin. Deeper than ever, hungry in 23. Say it with me. Uh, you can follow, repeat after me. Deeper than ever. Hungry in 23. Say it again after me. Deeper than ever. Hungry in 23. And that's the title of the message today. Hungry in 2023. So I want to talk about hunger. Kind of a crazy thing to talk about after all the food we've eaten in the last 40 days, isn't it? <laughs> As I was reading uh, scripture uh, over the course of the last week or two, um, and by the way, the reading program that we're using is from the New Living Translation. It's really, if you've never read the New Living Translation, you will be really blessed by its readability and its speakability. In other words, it's something you can speak very easily, right? And it has a way of using some of the original root meanings of certain words. And there was a passage of scripture, it was Romans chapter 13, verse 14, that really gripped me. And it was mostly because of, a, of one word, and it was the word clothe. It says, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we begin to wind down 20, 22, I really began to talk about, you know, the presence of the Lord and being hungry for the presence of the Lord, wanting more of the presence of the Lord. And so when I read that, clothe yourself. Who clothes you? Yourself. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of translations, the King James and some others, they use the, 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 the words put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We've probably heard that before. But I love this idea of clothing myself, not just in the Lord, not just in the things of the Lord, but to clothe myself in the presence, the anointing 
power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I made a commitment. Boy, when, that, when the Lord spurred that in my heart, I said, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to be fully clothed in 2023, and I'm going to help your congregation, Lord, be fully clothed in your presence in 2023. Clothe. So what does it mean to clothe yourself in the Lord? And I think that it's pretty interesting when I looked up the Greek word for clothe. Number one, it's a Greek phrase that you have entered into the views of someone. It indicates that in this case we're talking about Christ, that you've entered into his viewpoint, his worldview, the way he looks at things. It means that when you clothe yourself in him, that you have chosen to imitate him and be completely sold out to his opinions. Think about that in the culture that we live in right now that has watered down the opinions of God to fit people's desire to live a sinful life, quite frankly. So to be clothed in Christ is to say that I take on his worldview, I imitate him, and I'm completely sold out to his opinions. All of them. Completely sold out to all of them but that one. No, 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 no. That, then you're naked somewhere. Spiritually. My goal is to be fully clothed spiritually in the presence of the Lord. It also means to take him on as a pattern, as a guide. How many of you are seamstresses and you use uh, patterns to cut your fabric and stuff? Or woodworkers and you use patterns to, to create things? And maybe after a, a, a period, there's kind of a... a, a catch 22 there so at some point you think you're good enough to no longer use a pattern and then you realize man it sure came out a lot better when I used the pattern right so to put to be clothed in him is to take him on as your pattern and your guide uh, to imitate his example to obey his precepts and to listen to here and I didn't this isn't my this is from the, the, the dictionary and commentary about this word clothe, to become like him in all respects. Wow. So you're to be completely sold out to his opinions, and we are to become like him in every respect. I'm not your judge and I'm not your mirror, but only you can look at yourself and go, okay, which one of his opinions am I not sold out on? And which part of my life is not completely like him? Communion, commitment, consecration. It means to, to receive and believe the gospel in such a way that you take its rules of conduct as the government of your life. That's what it means to be clothed in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it boil down to? We need to walk like he walked. We need to talk like he talked. We need to put him on in such a way that he alone is what other people see on us and in us. 
Again, I'm not your judge or your mirror, so no, only you can look at how things are with your family members or friends or other people, workmates, and go, do they see Jesus on me? You know, I've, there's been a couple of times when I've had to, you know, repent to my staff or other people. I mean, I'm so sorry Rick got in the way there. You got a dose of Rick there. Remember that, Lynette? I got upset about something, hit my fist against the table back there, and probably had every right to be upset, but it, it, it was an expression. It was, an, it was not an expression of Christ. Right? Are you, are you hearing me? And so, it, it, you know, what Paul doesn't say is clothe yourself in love and charity. Now, we know that we are supposed to be loving and we're supposed to have charity, correct? We know that, but he didn't say clothe yourself in love, clothe yourself in charity. He also doesn't say clothe yourself in sobriety. I hope and pray you're staying sober. Right on. It doesn't say clothe yourself in peace. He doesn't say clothe yourself in benevolence. But he does say these things and a thousand times more. When he says, put on or clothe yourself with Christ. And in this setting with this particular passage of scripture, he didn't just say clothe yourself with Christ. He said clothe yourself with his presence. Now, I never go anywhere undressed. Somebody say, praise God. Okay. Okay. Uh, I get dressed, not dressed up, but I wear clothing everywhere, anywhere, whatever I'm doing, okay? And so, what do you see? What I have on, okay? Praise God, you don't see what I don't have on, hallelujah. So, the representation of what you're receiving is also a part of what you see externally here. So, let's stop for a minute. This is not a suit coat and a tie and a shirt and pants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but it's it's the presence of Christ. When people look at you, is that what they see? Do they see the presence of Christ? As I said, I intend to be fully clothed spiritually in 2023, and I'm going to do my utmost to make sure that all of you are as well. And I feel like the Spirit of the Lord gave me a statement of purpose for 2023, and that's deeper than ever, hungry, in 23. And as it relates to deeper than ever, we need to understand that our depth in Christ is relative to our hunger for Him. Let me say that again. Our depth in Christ is relative. How deep you or I go in Christ, or how deep we go as a church in Christ, is relative to our hunger for Him. And so I say, How hungry are you? Are you hungry? And how hungry are you? So then, because I like to study words, I thought, well, maybe we should look at a definition of hunger. Okay? Diane said something to me a number of years ago. I was preaching about hunger up in West Branch, and, and I was just desperate for people to just be desperately hungry. And let's stay hungry. We were experiencing a move of God. And let's, let's stay hungry. Let's not lose sight of this. And Diane spoke to me after church one day. She said, Rick, there's, only a, there's a problem with that. And well, what's that? We're Americans. We don't know what it feels like to be hungry. 
Most of us don't have a clue what it feels like to truly be hungry and to truly be thirsty. Well, granted, you fast a day, fast two. Some of you get really radical and fast two and a half. But we don't live in a third world country where you have to scrounge through a dump to get a scrap or drink muddy water. See, we don't really know. I could get up here for days and days and weeks and weeks and preach and harp on, be hungry, be hungry, be hungry. But as Americans, we really don't have a concept of what hunger is or what thirst is. Hunger, by definition, is a compelling need or desire for food. Here's, and I'm reading just reading definitions, okay? The painful sensation or state of weakness caused by the need for food. Most of us in this room got enough fat cells and fat going on in our body. We could probably live for, you know, five, eight weeks, you know, on just what we got stored up. Right on? So we really don't have a concept of what it means to be truly hungry, truly thirsty. A feeling of pain, emptiness, or weakness induced by a lack of food. Now let's transfer this from a physical definition to a spiritual definition and make God the center of the definition. Hunger is a compelling need or desire for God. Hunger is the painful sensation or state of spiritual weakness caused by the need for God. Hunger is a feeling of pain, emptiness, or weakness induced by a lack of God. I can't make you hungry. I can't make you thirsty. And I can wish it till the cows come home. And I could harp on it and preach about it for every week in 2023. But we're still going to be Americanized in our way of thinking because we don't truly know what hunger feels like. We've, many of us have never had hunger to the degree that we have pain and emptiness and weakness and, and a compelling need for anything. Most of us, we get hungry and, we, and then, you know, we're served a certain food. I don't really want that. You know, how many have had your parent, you know, you've you said to your kids or your, uh, that when they say, I'm not hungry, well, that's what you're getting. Right? Or make me something else. No, no, this is what I made. This is what you're getting. Well, you ain't that hungry then, are you? Right? So I'm trying to get into your, your minds and your hearts that, that we in the modern church in America don't really have a concept of hunger. So it's hard to help infuse that idea into you as it relates to hunger for God. So maybe it's an empty question to say, are you hungry? How hungry are you? Do you hunger? Again, with the definition in mind that I just read to you, I'm not talking about, boy, I need a snack. Anybody got a candy bar? Can I have a cracker? No, I'm talking about this, this definition. Do you hunger for the things of God? Amen. Do you hunger for church? Do you hunger for prayer? 
Do you hunger for the word of God? Do you hunger to give? Do you hunger to help the poor, the needy, the homeless, and the helpless? Do you hunger to forgive? Most of you are like, yeah, I'm, I'm fasting forgiveness in 2023. <laughs> Do you hunger to prefer others over yourself? Do you hunger to love unconditionally? Do you hunger to live a holy and godly life? Do you hunger to repent of your sins? Are you hungry for him? And how hungry are you? Remember that hunger is a feeling of pain, emptiness, or weakness induced by a lack in the physical of food and the spiritual of God. So what does it mean to hunger for God? It means to feed on Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. The word of God is the very best nourishment for your soul. In, in Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, It's written, man shall not live by bread alone. How many of you like bread? You like bread? Anybody like bread? Yeah. Sweets, sugar, amen. You know, big steak. Amen. amen. But what if all you had to eat was this? So just as hunger drives uh, our drives us to eat physical food, most of us typically aren't hungry when we eat anyway. Have you ever been there when you, you know, are you hungry? Well, not really until the food's set down in front of you and you got it on your plate and then you're like, oh, let me have another serving of everything. And you sat down and you weren't even hungry. See, we don't know what hunger feels like. And I'm going to be praying for all of us for something that you're going to be like, please don't pray that is that we experience and know what it means to truly be hungry. I'm not talking about going without food for 40 days, but I'm praying that by the Holy Spirit, He revealed to us, He induced in us this hunger and this thirst for Him. Deeper than ever before, hungry in 23. The, act, the exact phrase, hunger for God, is not found in Scripture. You won't find it. But Christ taught us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, plus other places, that blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus even showed us an example of what he hungered for in John 4, 34, when he said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The Lord said, I get my nourishment my filling, my food is just to do what my father said. Are you, are you hungry for that? How hungry are you? A big part of why I did this is hope, hoping that it spurs in us something different. Because I'll guarantee you, there are many of us in this room that had goals, aspirations, resolutions, whatever you want to call them, in the beginning of 22 that we did not finish up. And maybe there's some of the same resolutions that's been on your list for years and years, and you do good for the first two or three weeks. Huh? Are you, are you hearing me? So deeper than ever before, hungry in 23. 
All of Christ's life revolved around God the Father. And remember, to be clothed in Him is to take on His opinions as the only opinions and to imitate Him as the quintessential example of life. He lived His life to do the will of the Father. We in the American church don't do that. We live our life to serve Christ. Yes, 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 yes. We live our life to call ourselves Christians. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we live our life to go to church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not many of us live our life with the intent to do nothing more than the will of the Father. Because when the will of the Father goes against your grain or your desires, most people in America and most of the church finds a way to soften the edges. So you can cut corners. Now, hunger and appetite, I, you know, uh, our appetites dictate the direction of our lives. Did you know that? Because appetite's more than just hunger for food. Appetites dictate the direction of our life, whether it be the cravings of the flesh or whether it be the cravings of the spirit. Many of us have more of an appetite for the things of the flesh than we do of the spirit. Hunger for God however, is the only thing that's going to bring you victory. Hungry for God. So I'm going to keep asking this question today, and maybe for many messages to come, are you hungry? And how hungry are you? Or maybe someday, are you still hungry? Now, John Piper, he, he made this statement. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied, it is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world that your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for great things. Maybe I ought to say that again. Because that's a problem with America. It's a problem with the American church. And it may, be, may even be symptomatic of us. And the reason I would say that is that I have yet to pastor a church where the people in the church would be super excited about a move of God that was just extraordinary. And then over a short period of time, begin that excitement began to die down and wane and then just go back into the doldrums of church life. I don't want that for us, y'all. So I'm going to read that again from John Piper. If you don't feel strong desires... For the manifestations of the glory of God, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world that your soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. Whew. May the Lord convict our hearts. Here's an axiom of life for you. and You should carry this axiom with you for the year. When God is the supreme hunger of your heart, then he is supreme in everything. When God is the supreme hunger of your heart, he will be supreme in everything. One of the saddest uh, things is when we allow our appetite for God to become dulled by other things. And I understand it. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, we allow our appetite to become dulled by even religious activities. The right songs, the right chair, the right preacher. The list goes on and on and on and on. And so many people 
kind of snack their way through the day on religious junk food. And then they're not getting any real nourishment. And they have no time to feast on God. How many of y'all really like it when Thanksgiving comes around and you can finally smell that turkey cooking? Isn't that like, oh yeah. Huh? Almost like holy feeling. You like that? Or on Christmas and, oh, I can smell the ham. The ham's cooking. Ooh. If I ain't making you hungry yet, I'm a failure. <laughs> but when's the last time you had that? Did you smell that? I think I smell the Spirit of God going to church. Huh? See, we're, we're hungrier for the flesh, the things that satisfy our flesh, than the things that satisfy our spirit. But we're going deeper than ever before, and we're going to be hungry in 2023. I'm determined. Amen? Amen? So, so many Christians snack their way through on religious junk food. Well, I serve here, I do this, I give, I tithe, blah, 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 play on the team, etc., etc., and then they have no time to feast on God. We take God in small bites through the day. In the week, hoping that on Sunday somehow we're going to get filled up again. Let me tell you something, folks. You want to start having some real church services? Then come filled up on the things of God. Because then everything that's happening in the church service is an overflow of what all the believers have got going on inside of themselves. And we will see the manifest power and glory of God. But many people are showing up on church to get, I got to go to the gas station. Life has been so hard this week. Oh, really? Did you read your Bible this week? No, I didn't have time. Did you pray this week? Oh, all the whole time, everything. I better move on. I'm feeling a little punchy right now. So I ask you, are you hungry? Don't be too quick to answer that. And then if so, how hungry are you? And I believe that's a missing element in the church, church-wide, maybe, heaven forbid, even for us. And that is the lack of desire and hunger that we have for the things of God. We're good on Sunday. Tommy Tenney, any of you ever read a book by Tommy Tenney? He became famous in his books uh, shortly after the Pensacola Revival uh, many years ago, but I've read most of his books. Woo, man, you talk about some books that will really fire you up. But he wrote a book called Experiencing His Presence. And he, 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 he prays a prayer in this book that I think that uh, we should all use every day. It's actually going to be up on the screen, I believe, right? And we'll leave it up there, maybe give you some time to write it down. Or if you don't get a chance to write it down, of course, you can go back and listen to the message again and write it down. But here's, here's the prayer that he put in his book, Experiencing His Presence. Remember that the whole uh, premise of this message today is from Romans 13 and 14. is that's to clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Lord Jesus... My soul aches at the mere mention of your name. My heart leaps for every rumor of your coming and each possibility that you will manifest your presence. I'm not satisfied with mere spiritual dainties. 
I'm ravenously hungry for you and your fullness. I'm desperate to feast on the bread of your presence and quench my thirst with the wine of your spirit. We need to get this in us. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to graft it into our being. So I'm praying that a hunger and thirst for God comes that drives us to a passionate, relentless pursuit of Him and that it overtake us in 2023. If you want to know what my vision is for 2023, is that we got a church full of folks that are passionately, relentlessly pursuing Christ in every aspect of their life. Because when you clothe yourself in Christ, you become an evangelistic witness to the lost. Most of the lost don't want to have nothing to do with church folks because they only see some Sunday go-to-meeting goody-two-shoes. You're like, man, been preached like this all year. That and more, my beloved. That and more, my beloved. Hunger and thirst are natural expressions of the human desire and need for food. For example, many of you know something's wrong when you lose your appetite. I must, I'm feeling sick. I, or, or you're feeling sick and you, I don't have an appetite, right? Uh, and, and the same is true spiritually. Many of us have lost our appetite for the spiritual things. We want church to please us. We want to feel good about our church experience. I can't tell you the number of people that no longer even shadowed these doors because they had a, one little bitty church experience that didn't please them. Can I, can I help you? That is so shallow. That shows me a shallowness of a relationship with Christ. That shows me that those folks, trying to keep it very broad so we can't pinpoint anybody, are so filled with themselves that there's no room for God to fill them. One little thing happened. I ain't never going there again. You realize how much of the flesh that is? There's a little part of me that's wishing they're watching today, just saying. I think I did it kindly. Did I do it kindly? Yeah. Chuck's is sort of maybe just about nearly, but not quite hardly yet. Unless I wrote this message, I, I thought about people's appetite, people's hunger, and how many in the church are more hungry for their own satisfaction. And many, many people, listen, I've seen it over the years where many people actually bank their Christian experience on the latest church experience. And there's something wrong with that. Right? I want us to have a good church service, and Mike and... You know, Linda, I want us to have a good time and laugh and enjoy the music and, you know. But what if none of that was here? Would we still hang together, stay together? Or would many of you leave for the next most exciting church? All right, it's getting kind of thick in here. So... Whenever you're sick physically, you lose. You have a tendency to lose your appetite. And for some who had COVID, they lost their taste of food and could smell certain foods and vomit like right now. You know, what's happened 
to you spiritually, what's happened to us spiritually, that we no longer hunger and thirst for him. It's the way he made us to hunger and thirst for him. He created us to, as much as we have a hunger and thirst for physical food, which is part of God's creation, he also created us to have an appetite and a painful hunger for him. It's a part of how he created us. We've allowed ourselves to become so Americanized, Edenized. I'm thinking of Eden and and, and um, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and they gave up the whole spiritual thing for an apple. If it was an apple, I don't know. So when there's no hunger for the Lord's presence, then it's an indication that something's wrong spiritually. You see, when you no longer have an appetite for food, there's an indication probably something's going on in your body. When you no longer have an appetite for the things of God, there's a strong indication that something's awry spiritually. And I'm not your spiritual doctor. I am a spiritual leader, and I'm humbly the one that Lord has asked to stand behind this pulpit and share the word of God with you. And I don't contrive sermons. I got to get a sermon for Sunday. No, I'm, I'm preaching to you what God's doing in me. So if there's no hunger for God, for the things of God, then there's something lacking spiritually, something unhealthy spiritually. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, we read it a minute ago. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. John 4, 14. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You see, when you're so clothed with the presence of the Lord, as I said a minute ago, you are going to be a fountain of living water everywhere you go. And people are going, can I have a drink? And it's not physical. It's spiritual. John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. If you're not clothed with the presence of Christ, however, that might be a little bit different. Psalm 63, verse 1, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. Can you feel the aching? In just those, in those words, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. That's an aching. That's the hunger that I was defining for you a few minutes ago. When's the last time you felt that way? Are you hungry? And how hungry are you really? Now, obviously, the imagery of hungering and thirsting for God is a spiritual concept that I'm talking about today. The problem is that, by and large, the missing element of the church today is people that are hungry and thirsty for God. We could fill this place up. I mean, shoulder to shoulder and seats everywhere and seats in the fellowship hall and people over in the next youth room watching it on live stream. But if it's, just, it's just an event without the presence of the Lord. You're the carriers of his presence. You're like waiting to come to the house to get the presence of the Lord. No, you bring it. You're carriers of his presence. Or are you? 
Ben Patterson, he said this, Since the best teacher of prayer is the Holy Spirit, the best way to learn to pray is by praying. Now, that's one statement, but here's where it brings it home. Whether and how much we pray is a matter of appetite, of hunger for God and all that he desires. Why do you read the Bible? Do you read the Bible because I hammer it? Do you read the Bible because I got a new plan? Do you read the Bible because you got a checklist? Do you read the Bible because it's the new year? Or do you read the Bible because you're starving for what's in there? This is what happened to me this year. I'm reading the Bible because I'm starving for what's in there. I'm hungry. He's showing me things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've read that a thousand times. How come I never saw that before? Because I'm hungry. And I'm thirsty. So it's all a matter of appetite. Your commitment to prayer is a matter of appetite. Your commitment to study the word of God is a matter of appetite. Most of you are filled up by a single verse in a daily bread devotional. Praise God for the daily bread devotional. I'm not denigrating that at all. But we aren't told to you know, read the daily bread to show yourself approved. You're instructed in the word of God to study to show yourself approved, a faithful workman who needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. Oh, dear heavens, I graduated from high school in 1974. I haven't even studied since. Just FYI, I didn't study before. But anyway. <laughs> you all know what I mean when you put that together with the word study. You don't get to cram for eternity. You don't get a, a signal that says you're dying tomorrow. Boom, I'll cram all night on the word of God. No. This needs to be our life. We need to be clothed, fully clothed in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs to be oozing out of us, springing out of us, flowing out of us. People ought to be getting saved because we walk by. People ought to be getting healed because we walk by. By and large, most of us don't have that much of God coming out of us. It's a matter of appetite. I got a greater appetite for Facebook than Bible reading. Oh, my word. Now you got me going. You, you brought it up. I didn't. You brought it up. <laughs> if any of you would spend as much time reading your Bible as you do scrolling on Facebook, you'd be the Apostle Paul. I dare you. I double dog dare you to... to to look, because you can look on your phone, it'll give you screen time. <clears throat> How much time every day that you spent scrolling on Facebook, you did not spend flipping pages in the book? Oh, dear heaven, there was anointing right there. I'll take the book over Facebook any day of the week. And this is my point, is we're filling ourselves up on junk food. Well, I'm just keeping up with family. Well, that's awesome, praise God. Well, I, I, I'm listening to preachers. That's awesome, praise God. That's a lousy excuse. You show me that you got as much time in this word as you do doing Facebook, and I'll be, I'll be high-fiving you. Until then, your appetite's for Facebook. I know, it's worthy of dropping something. <laughs> or how about TV? Have you weighed your screen time on TV out against your page time in the book? 
forbid if you did, it would, you'd be like, eh. I love you all. Thank you, sir. So our depth in Christ is relative to our hunger for him. Your involvement in church is a matter of appetite. Are you only, do you only have an appetite for the things you like? Are you here as long as your church experience is good? Are you here as long as I don't make you mad? If that's the case, keep your bags packed. I don't make nobody mad on purpose. But occasionally Rick gets in the way, right? Is your willingness to be a part of something bigger than yourself a strong appetite? Or is your church life simply about what you can get out of it? We got to, folks, we got to change. And it starts with each of us. Put your hand right here. Just put your hand right here. So when I say it starts with me, I'm not saying, well, y'all are, it's, I guess it starts with pastor. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying it starts with me. You say it, say it. It starts with me. Men, you are not making it to heaven on the skirt tails of your wife. It's time to man up. This isn't a ploy for forge. It could. <laughs> I don't even want to ask how many of you men actually read your Bible every single day. I'll guarantee you that it's a different number for the ladies. Well, I don't read. There's a difference between I don't read and I can't read. It says close right here on this page, but I don't really want to. <laughs> Praise team, you better come up here and rescue, rescue me from this. because I mean, I could just smooze you all all year, play church patty cake with you all year. Let's just play church, have church, have a good time. Or are you willing to die for Jesus Christ who died for you? Are you willing to crucify your flesh the way he crucified his? Are you willing to give it all away because he gave it all away? And I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about your life, your dreams, your appetite. In closing, where's my praise team? Okay, the ones that count are here. Praise God. Amen. Always count on the drummer. There you go. Comes the bass player, hallelujah. It's all about that bass. <laughs> Jeff, what a great singer, what a blessed worshiper. I love you, man. God bless you, buddy. You're awesome. I love this church. Oh, amen. Joni, so glad to have you back. Thank you, Alice. Still, we won't go any further until you say it's cool. All right? Love you guys so much. 
Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me, and I will answer you, the Lord says, and that's what we need, that's what we all need, is to call to God to increase our hunger for him. Call to him. Say, Father, increase my hunger. Make me hungry for you. It isn't going to happen in your flesh, folks. This isn't a flesh thing. This is a spiritual thing. And I'm just going to encourage you as we go deeper than ever before. And as we stay hungry in 23, is that you're calling unto God and saying, Father, make me hungry to the extent that I can't stand a day without you. I can't handle a day without being in your word, Lord. Please fill me with that kind of hunger. So are you hungry? And how hungry are you? Pray to get hungry. I'm going to be praying to get hungry for God like I've never been before. And I'm usually pretty hungry for God. But Rick gets in the way. Pray to get hungry and then pray to stay hungry. Lord, may I never be satisfied. May I stay thirsty for you. May I stay hungry for you. May I be so clothed in you that when others look at me, they don't see me, they see you, Jesus. And not just clothed because I'm a Bible reader and because I'm a prayer, but clothed in the presence of the anointing, that's what this word presence means. The anointing is the anointing that breaks every yoke. His presence. Not how charismatic you are as a preacher or, or a prayer or, or whatever else it is that you may do for the Lord. But I, we should care less about that and be cared more for it. You, are you clothed in Him? Fully clothed. Fully clothed in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. really what your spirit, soul, and body is longing for. God, I pray that, I pray that I'm getting to you. The Holy Spirit's getting in your spirit about this. Because I'm going to stay hungry whether you do or not. But it'd be a lot more fun for me in church if you'd get hungry too. And not hungry for a good church service. That's just, that, that's that's a result. That's just an effect. I still wonder what it's like sometimes, you know, to, to come, what would it be like for everybody to come to church so filled up with God? I mean, we, we can't even fathom what that would be like to be in a church service where everyone who came into the building was so filled up with God, it's just pouring out of them. So we're going to go deeper than ever before. I'm going to do my best through the help of the Holy Spirit to make sure that we stay hungry in 23. If you can believe it and you can receive it, give the Lord a praise in the house of God.